welcome to the AHC podcast. Join us in conversation with experts, thought leaders and colourful characters in the hairdressing industry and beyond. We'll be discussing stories and ideas to inspire, educate and entertain you and most importantly, to help grow your business. If you'd like to listen to more AHC podcasts, you can find them on Spotify or Apple under the Australian Hairdressing Council. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi everyone, it's Sandy Chong here from the Australian Hairdressing Council and I have got these two beautiful ladies, it's Bonnie and Sam, and they're from Hair Management Co, which is in Gaimia. Now the reason I wanted to talk to them today is about the most incredible and wonderful things that they're doing when it comes to attracting young people and school leavers to our industry. So they're being really productive with their salon and also with their time in going out there and speaking to schools so that we attract young ones to choose hairdressing as their career of choice. So um, welcome, Bonnie, and welcome, Sam. Thank you for having a chat with me. I am going to leave it to you to introduce yourselves and just talk a little bit about your background and then definitely about some of the incredible things that you're doing to get people in our industry. Wonderful. Thanks, Sandy. Sure. So I'm Bonnie, um, co-owner with Sam of Hair Management Co. Um, we've been in business now together for 15 years and it's definitely been a passion project for us. We love our salon and our team. Um, and my background is uh, I did my apprenticeship with Mark Gardner 30 years ago. I think you know him, Sandy. Absolutely, he's just the most gorgeous person and he has an incredible singing voice too. He does, (laughs) yes. And I did my apprenticeship with Mark. Um, He subsequently helped me set up my own salon and I ended up working back with him after a number of years and going into the role of operations manager for his franchise. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Sam, what about you? Yeah, so for myself, um, I actually did my apprenticeship um, with the Cordoni chain, um, which was a wonderful start. It it definitely um, got me in the right direction and my passion fueled. Um, And then went overseas and did hair and makeup and travelled as a stylist overseas before coming back, starting a family and coming back and then meeting Vaughn. And our, our journey began. I think I mentioned earlier that um, Codonis was my very first job. I think I was 14 at the time. And um, I arrived to work on, uh, no, for my interview. That's right. I got caught in the rain. I was dripping, dripping wet and they still put me on. I was just wet from head to toe. I think they felt sorry for me. So I actually had a job at Codonis. I was the shampoo that girl there on this Saturday morning. And that's pretty interesting, you know, because, I mean, as a school kid, I always worked in salons. In fact, I used to work in one salon on a Saturday and another one on a Thursday night. And so I know that part of your focus at the moment is going out there to schools and actually speaking to them. So tell me what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So obviously we've both been in the industry for quite a while, I think coming up to 30 years for both of us. <laughs> um, and as with you, Sandy, we we were really blessed with completing, you know, a really um, or having a really great experience in completing our apprenticeships. And this has, you know, brought us to having 
worked with many apprentices over the years, but our current project that we want to bring into our industry to give back is the Hairdressing Apprenticeship Careers Pathway Program that we want to take into or that we have been taking into high schools. Okay, brilliant. So just explain to me, well, what that, what is that? How do you get into the high school for a start? Okay, because sometimes careers advisors are the ones that we actually need to turn around, you know, them and their parents. So how do you actually approach the school? Walk me through it, I guess. What happens from, you know, I think I'll go into Grammy School. What happens from that point on? So it's a direct contact with the careers advisors and the principals. We understand that they're actually our market because if we can't get it past them, then we can't get it out to the students. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a direct um, approach to those career advisors and then going through with them other options for their students to to work through other than tertiary education. A lot of the time the, the careers advisors just aren't aware of what our industry uh, has created and what's available to to students. So a lot of uh, the work that we're doing is actually spending the time with the career advisors first, and then subsequently when we're in with the students, they're sitting. The careers advisors are sitting in with us for the most part of yes. the day, so they get a really great exposure to all of the things that co- we cover in in our industry. So what are some of the things um, that you actually talk? So do you take class? Is that how it works? So you are given a class of those who who feel they might be looking at hairdressing. What is it that you actually speak to them about? Yeah, so we go down the path. So what the day looks like is we're in there um, a full school day. Uh, We generally would have anything between, I would say, 50 and 25 or 30 students um, ranging generally from year nine is general the stage. I think we've had one or two kind of mm-hmm. um, interested in year eight, just kind of looking at the pathways. Um, and, and our day just entails going in, setting up the space, introducing ourselves. And basically, we just walk them through everything from your general day in the salon and what it looks like how to choose the right salon for you. So what what to start to even look for if it's something that you're interested in. Um, Basically looking at industry trends, what's going on in the industry, um, progression options, so different pathways it can go down but and into, but also the ones that you had to start, how to even take that first step. Um, The obligations as an apprentice, so what what would you be obliged to be doing in your role? The obligations and um, for the employer, and what they need to be providing to the space. What it looks like to go through a TAFE or a private college. Um, what an SBAT is, so that being an option for them. Um, what training could look like in the mm-hmm. salon. What it should look like in the salon as well. Um, and then basically external training options career choices, opportunities, the income um, potential and and sustainability within our industry as well. That's brilliant because, um, I mean, what it is is a true reality check for them as well because I think we sometimes lose our apprentices and we do lose a lot of our apprentices in the first year, in fact, 63%. 
And so, and I do think some of that reason is they come in and they have a completely different expectation as to what hairdressing is going to be like for them. So I think giving them, um, you know, an, an experience or an understanding of what does it look like, feel like, sound like when you work in a salon, you know, I mean, obviously they're not coming in, they're going to cut hair from day one and just be thrown onto a client. But sometimes I think they expect that as well. It's like we're going to be doing a lot more. Um, I know that one of the reasons that we lose many apprentices in the first year is they use, they're used as only a cleaner and there is no training. And that's one message that we give to industry. It's like these are the future of your business. This is the future of our industry. That it's not the future of the cleaning industry, it's the future of our industry. And yes, the salon does need to be clean, but everyone should pitch in. But I think it's also important that everybody does need to understand that we need to be training our apprentices from day one. But you spoke about one thing that I always find really interesting, and that's SBAT, school-based apprentice trainees. A lot of people don't know what SBAT is. And, um, you know, in speaking to training services, they find that the SBAT program is really valuable because one thing they're recognising is that there are, you know, they feel there's better completions when they start earlier rather than starting later and they're feeling, I don't know, trying different things. But when they start as an SBAT, there seems to be um, maybe a different commitment there. So um, do you find that many of those students are interested in being a school-based apprentice? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely yeah. seen, even in our own salon, we've seen a growth of interest mm. in that pathway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where they, I think it comes from a space too, where they're offered a bit of security and an option to start it and to see where it goes while they're still in their secure network at school. Um, and they have both. So it's kind of ge- a gentle, mm. a gentle entryway. Um, and then knowing that once they, you know, know what it's all about and that their passion is more there, they can then lead off into um, a completion, either going through, you know, um, doing most of it at TAFE or all of it mm-hmm. then going into full time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, you know, it allows the salon to sort of really try them out as well and it gives them a really good try in a salon. And for anyone who doesn't actually understand what an SBAT is, um, so it is part of the high school certificate. So they do it in year 11 and year 12. They work in a salon one day a week and they also go to college one day a week. Now, with the salon who's employing the SBAT, you don't pay for the day or the time that uh, an apprentice is at college, an SBAT apprentice that is, not another apprentice. But you do pay on the days that you that they work with you um, with a loading of 25% above the first year wage on top of the first year wage so for anyone who has questions about SBATs then by all means give the Australian Hairdressing Council a call or even training services or your apprenticeship centre they'll be able to explain what an SBAT is but um, SBAT programs are incredibly valuable to the industry Um, I know that we've used them and I know myself that many of my apprentices were actually our school-based apprentice trainees or even work experience in the days when we did a lot of work experience because that's that sort of is what it is. They get to really have a taste of hairdressing. Um, so that really that really um, explains to me some of the incredible work that you've been doing. And I think that, you know, if every one of us in the industry could actually put a day aside, speak to a careers advisor and actually go into the school and explain, you know, what is our industry about? There are so many opportunities, as you know. Yes, like yourselves, own a salon. 
Um, but when we look at all of the freelancers, the editorial stylists, the ones that do TV, that do makeup, um, you know, the ones that travel overseas. And my for myself, I've traveled a lot and I've used all my schools overseas as well, which was pretty exciting in the ski resorts and all sorts. But um, so what else do you talk about with with the with the students? Are they pretty excited at the end? Do you find that in the room there's one or two or three or four who are interested in connecting? I think um, the students definitely come in a little apprehensive. Yeah. Um, the school does do their best to vet and to work out to only get, we we let them know, just get the students that are actually interested, mm. that really want to pursue this as something that could be an option for them. But I think um, in the earlier days of doing it, we were all just information and then we transitioned to realising this generation, these millennials, they need some practical um, experience in there as well. So we've pulled back a little bit on the content, the verbal content and written content, come more into practical. So we'll do some wave work, maybe some application of some foils on a doll's head, that sort of thing, just to get them actually stepping into what it would be like to be a hairdresser and the hands-on skills. We've also taken um, the program and integrated it to online. So we've got online access for the students where they can um, access all the modules that we cover and they can keep access to that for a year after they've finished the course in the school, which guides them and gives them every resource that they need to be able to really step out into a, into a career after they finish school. And to answer your question with um, do we end up with sort of three or four, definitely as the day progresses and the energy levels start to drop towards school pickup or end of day, day, um, you really start to see the ones that are still paying attention. And um, it is three or four. And what we normally cover in the segment as well is we really go ahead and promote the AHC salons as places for them to be assured of the quality and the standard if looking for a job. So we usually spend a little bit of time with them just after the program, those three or four kids just trying to connect with them and, you know, maybe just give them a little bit of guidance as to where they could go in their local area to salons that would be really um, great for them to approach. Uh, That's fantastic and thank you for you know, recommending the AHC salons. I mean, one of the reasons the AHC was put together was to recognise businesses with ethical um, ethical business practices in place. And part of that is all about apprenticeships as well. And, you know, I realised too that by going into the school, it's an incredible PR exercise even for your own business. One would hope that every one of those kids want to come into your salon and have their hair cut too because, um, you know, I can see that in the beginning they'd be a little bit scared of you, but you're both beautiful and both so friendly. They're like, I want to go to that salon. And I think that um, in the one reason why I chose hairdressing, I just loved everything about, you know, the vibe in the salon, the culture, the creativity, the, it was colourful, the music, the makeup, the fashion, everything. And I think when you go into a school, they get a little bit of that essence as well. They get a little bit of that feeling of you know, this is a creative industry. It's lots of fun. Um, it's not quite like, 
Not that there's anything wrong working in an office. Actually, I do that now, but you know, <laughs> um, it's different being in a salon and having it's an it's energy, and that's what we love. You know, it's that community and it's um, you know working with the team. And and I think um, having you go into a school and being able to describe that and express it, let them do hands-on stuff, which is fantastic. Um, on their manicures, their their dolls. I think that's really wonderful to give them that experience and give them a taste of how exciting an apprenticeship could be if they choose hairdressing. So um, I wanted to do this interview with you because well done and congratulations. And, you know, thank you from the Australian Hairdressing Council for putting yourselves out there. Um, You know, many of us in the industry, whinge and whine and bent about, I can't get staff, I can't get an apprentice. But you've actually stepped up and you've gone that step more and you actually go into the schools and actually show the kids, well, this is what it's really like come join us so um, from an industry perspective heartfelt thank you and well done in putting that effort in yourselves in stepping up and making a difference because it will make a difference so thanks so much absolutely thank you Sandy Sandy. and thank you to the AHE too yeah absolutely